The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. This is the Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. I, I promised before the break we were going to speak to a man, a Palestinian doctor, Nobel Peace Prize nominee, born and raised in a Gazan refugee camp. Uh, we will in just a moment. Uh, but first, I wanted to check in with Ibrahim Alaha who, as you will well know at this stage, is an Irish citizen who has been trapped in the Gaza Strip um, since the, uh, uh, the the beginning of hostilities uh, on October 7th. Uh, Ibrahim, you're welcome back to the show. Um, are you on the move towards that border crossing in Rafa? Are you, are you still uh, at your home in Gaza? What, what, what's happening? I'm still at my house. Um, there's a list that's being published every day with the nationalities and the names that are approved for evacuation. And there were three lists so far. Unfortunately, Irish citizens were not included in any of these lists. So um, we're still waiting. Okay, so there's no Irish citizens on those lists thus far. I mean, have you had any explanation as to why that is? Is it just kind of going through the countries one by one eventually? I mean, mean, as far as I know, most European countries were at the list. The USA was there as well. Um, Not sure why Ireland is left out. Now, uh, as far as I know, that list is um, being issued by Israel. And um, I don't know if the Irish... Israeli relationship has anything to factor into that. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, we, we asked the Department of Foreign Affairs and, and all they would say is that they liaise with both Israeli and Egyptian authorities and that is who decide what countries get added to the list uh, to, to, to flee this war. Um, if we get any more detail as to why maybe Irish citizens haven't appeared on it thus far, um, we would absolutely endeavour to do so. So are there any plans, Ibrahim, to travel kind of closer to to the border, you know, in anticipation no, maybe no, of being on the ab- list? Ab- absolutely not, because there is nowhere to go. Um, I can't guarantee that anywhere I go to um, could be a, a high-risk place. So it's better just staying at my house until I get the full approval, and then I'll make that risky journey. And in the meantime, Ibrahim, what is the, the situation on the ground? I mean... Are there still bombings happening? Are the IDF still targeting yes, places around the, the you? Today, now it was calm for a couple of days, but today, today is one of these bad days. Um, we even have a situation where one of the people that has uh, sought shelter in my house, so he's one of the people that's in my house now, his father has passed away. His father was not decided to stay in his and uh, not his house. Unfortunately, he passed away, and um, the mood here in the house is is awful, to be honest. I'm sure it is. Um, Ibrahim, keep in touch, and we will keep in touch with you. And as I said, uh, we will continue to liaise with the Department of Foreign Affairs. If we get any more clarity, if they have any more clarity, maybe they don't have it as to why Irish citizens haven't been included on that list um, approval to, to, to get out of Gaza. Um, we'll bring any update to you as soon as we get it. Ibrahim Alaha, who is still there in Gaza, still safe. Uh, thank God for the moment. Uh, with me now, though, Professor Dr. Isildin Abulash. He is a Palestinian-Canadian physician born and raised in the Jabalia refugee camp in the Gaza Strip. He's the author of I Shall Not Hate, A Gaza Doctor's Journey on the Road to Peace 
and human dignity. Uh, Isildin, you are very, very welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time to speak to us. I know we speak to you um, in Canada where you are at the moment, but you do, I understand, have, have friends and family in Gaza. Is that right? Uh, thank you so much. Of course, I am now in Toronto, but my mind, my heart, my soul is in Jabalia camp, is in Gaza Strip with my people there who are facing the death, the killing, the atrocities. And even it's more painful to me to be away from them and just to hear the news and what will happen next. I am heartbroken about it because just a few days ago, 23 members of my family were killed for nothing they did. And still, I have to keep to keep us tested in our loved ones. I was tested 16th of January 2009 when my three daughters and niece were killed. And we are continuing Bisan, who was 21 years old, that I learned from her. Bisan, she wrote and sent me before, because 16th of August 2000, her mother passed away and she was at the final year at the university and then she came to say to me really after the death that the easiest thing I found are academic exams the most difficult thing are life exams and we as Palestinian people we are tested on daily basis in what? and the loved ones that they are living with us today. But we don't know what will happen tomorrow, even in one hour. They are moving coffins. They are moving graves. When I talk to my sisters and the brothers in Gaza Strip, they say to me, we don't know when we can talk again. When can we see an end? To this nightmare, they are waiting in line. Even they say, after the massacre against my family, they, said, they know their destiny. We saw them. We knew them. We buried them. What about us? I see the bodies of the killed innocent Palestinians are piled at the hospitals. Where is our world? And where is the humanity? But I see the hope in the good people, and I am very grateful to the Irish people who speak out. And even the T-Shock, Mr. Leo Varadakar, who mentioned it's not about self-defense, it's about revenge. Is revenge going? to put an end to this. As my daughter Bisan said, even when she was 14, violence will never be met with violence. There is an alternative way. It's the freedom, it's the justice for all. And that's what we need. We call the world to take action. What will be left in Gaza Strip? It's only the orphans. The smell of death, the smell of the blood, the suffering, the pain. 
nothing is left there. How can we heal the wounds? How can we talk about peace and freedom and humanity in this world? And that's what we need. That's what I cry with the blood to call the political leaders to stop this massacre against the humanity. And that's what we are looking for. I see my nieces, my nephews, that my brother, when I talk to him, he is in Cairo. Even his loved ones, his children who were killed, he can't say goodbye to them. One of them, Bara, who is a medical doctor, Isra, who is an engineer. We as Palestinians, we value life and we want to live as others. We are people like others, not to see us just as numbers. He invested, and we all invested, everything in life to raise our children, to equip them with the right education, to be good human beings. But how to be a good human being when we are not free? And how the world can wake up to value human life and to walk the talk. And that's what we need from the pain, from the suffering. And I am sure, because we want to let the Palestinians to understand that we are there thinking of the Palestinians. Mm. When can they listen for once to the Palestinian people and to see them as a human? Uh, do you think the world is listening, Gisildan? They have to, because if they didn't listen, is the world, the humanity is dead. Are they deaf? We need to have order, we need to resume our humanity, trust in our world. And of course, there are. I will never lose hope. As I said, when I'm talking to you with what are you doing to spread the truth, to give hope, to increase awareness among the people, to take action. They are not far from you or from the Irish or from the American, from others. I'm talking about the people. They are your human fellows. And I am not free as long as others are not. I am not safe as long as others are not. So we have to stand to defend the humanity and to get rid of everything called the other. They are not the other. Mm. They are us. We, we have to speak as we all, as one in a collective way not in a discriminative way based on color, ethnicity, or religion. And that's what we need from our world. And that's what I expect from our world. The situation in Gaza, it's not only killed by the wounds, the physical wounds, we can heal it. But the mental, the spiritual, they speak about post-traumatic stress disorder, It's a persistent, continuous trauma. Before this atrocity, every five children, there were four children who are mentally disordered. 
now it will be the eternal trauma for the Palestinian people. And even they come to provide them with the health care. As a gynecologist, I know how to do cesarean section with all of the precautions. Imagine now, because of the collective punishment, mm. the cut of electricity, everything they are doing, cesarean section with the flashlight, without anesthesia. Imagine to do a cesarean section without anesthesia, without a sterilization, to use vinegar, and with the wounds, the use of white phosphorus. Are we going to the dark ages, to the old ages? Are we in the 21st century? Do we believe that or not? If if you're just Tuning in, uh, Professor Dr. Isildan uh, Abulash is my guest. As he said a few minutes ago, only this week he has lost over 20 members of his own family. Three of his daughters in 2009 were killed as well during a flare-up of violence in the Gaza Strip. But Isildan, I mean, there are people listening to this and there are people who are following what is happening and what they find really dispiriting maybe is a sense that we've gone from a problem that might have been intractable before to almost unsolvable now. I mean, do you, are you pessimistic about I am the future? Or? I am optimistic and always, even after the killing of my daughters, I said it clearly, if I could know that my daughters were the last sacrifice in the way to peace between Palestinians and Israelis, then I will accept it. But they were not the last. They were just numbers, without names, without families, even to be accountable to what happened to them. But I believe, and we should use what is happening now as an opportunity, and to understand the root causes of the problem. It's about Palestinian people who are seeking to be free. So it's time to walk the talk, because the world is speaking about two-state solution. So the first thing, can we learn the lessons? Because we tried, we tried all of these means. So military means will never put an end to this. And the world to wake up, not to be biased, complicit, or with double standards, Palestinians' life, Palestinians' freedom, Palestinians' dignity matters to the world as equal to the Israelis' dignity, life, and the freedom. It's time for the world to take a serious action to put an end to the Palestinian suffering, which is the occupation, to live free yeah. as equal with the Israelis. I am sure many conflicts in this world, they were solved, but we need the goodwill from the world not to speak about it as President Biden where he supported yeah. the atrocities. This is the political we need to humanize, not to politicize. We need to leave a legacy in our world. And history yeah. is there. We have the priorities in life. The priority in life is not the history. The history is to learn from it. Have we learned from the history? But the priority is the present and the future. The present and the future are our children. And even the childhood yeah. is killed 
who are the life, the future, and the hope. Let us revive this hope by taking serious, positive action. Number one, to stop the bloodshed. Yeah. And that will be the first step towards the future, the freedom, and dignity of the Palestinians yeah. and the Israelis in our world. I hope this will trigger something in the minds, in the hearts of political leaders to take serious actions that the world will benefit from it. Yes. Only the Palestinians and the Israelis. And I will keep hopeful and optimistic. And uh, believe me, this is my mission in life. I will continue to fight with every possible means. Because I know the meaning of killing, I know the meaning of suffering, and I will never, and will never accept to see the suffering of any human being in yeah. any part of the world. Professor Dr. Isildin Abulash, who's a Palestinian-Canadian physician born and raised in the Jabalia refugee camp in the Gaza Strip, Nobel Peace Prize nominee and the author of I Shall Not Hate, A Gaza Doctor's Journey on the Road to Peace and Human Dignity. Isildin, thank you so much for speaking to us back in a moment. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.